Good morning. Good morning. Houston, this is Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning to the great state of Texas. And of course, good morning to the United States. And without further ado, good morning to the rest of the world. Good morning to every single corner receiving the signal from our 100 thousand watt transmitter i said the thousand this time the 100,000 watt transmitter in every corner good morning to all those listening to us around the world on the internet how are my peeps doing i trust you had a good weekend we had a productive weekend this this uh this week so all's good all's good but without further ado let's go ahead and say hola Estudio, good morning. Studio, how are you guys doing? And good morning to you, Egberto. We are uh, back up to 100,000 watts. Uh, I think we're going to go to 101,000 later on today. Because All right. Here. So we can just go ahead and use it, man. <laughs> I want to say good morning to Harry. That was David Sanborn and David Trucks with Brother Ray, just for Harry this morning. And um, that's about all I got, man. I had a good weekend. Um, had a deep discussion with my sweetheart up in Wilson where we were talking about how the United States goes in and messes up other countries' economies and they come here. The same thing Jack has been saying, the same thing you've been saying. Sicker keeps quit sticking her nose in other people's stuff. That's yeah, it's great. Kind of hypocritical to say we're so great and then mess people around so bad. Yeah, that's a you know the United States has got a big karmatic payment coming up. And, uh, <laughs> I haven't heard it like that before. A big no. karmatic payment. I love that. St- I'm gonna steal that one. It's a big karmatic payment because I believe in what goes around comes around. Yeah, because I've seen it way too many times. Yeah, my what? karma ran over my dogma. Uh, is that what happened? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what? what you got? <laughs> All right. Um, respect, honor, ethics, humility. Something our politicians aren't showing much of these days. So we gotta listen with our ears, cast off our prejudice, see with open eyes and an open mind. And if it sounds like hooey, it probably is. <laughs> Don't let the mainstream media feed you lies as truth. Lying rats. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And Jack, once again, you did it. The media spewing lies. You know, uh, we we have to stop blaming our fellow brothers and sisters for a whole lot of what they think, right? Because if you objectively listen to the media, it turns out too often the mainstream media are the ones pushing a narrative, either for one of two reasons, just to go ahead and get clicks or get people viewing. You know, you know that statement that people use that says, if it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds, oh, it's leads. And unfortunately, that shouldn't always be the case. If it bleeds, it doesn't really need to lead. Uh, what that does, it gives false perception of what's going on. You know, if, if you're if you're constantly showing crime on the screen, even you know relatives of mine, oh, the crime rate is so bad. The crime's going on. 
Well, if 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 that is what the media is, go- if all the media show is crime going on, then you're going to that's what you're going to see. I mean, look, there is crime, but is it really going up? Is it really uh, something that's uncontrolled? And then also, what are the ways that you can mitigate crime? Right. There are a lot of things that we can do to make sure that we can drop the crime rates. But the same people that are complaining about crime so often want to do nothing that it takes to solve the crime problem. Um, so, I mean, uh, the media has an interesting way of doing things that actually, instead of reporting the news, often is leading the news. Imagine every day a lot of people in this country are doing good things, helping their fellow men and women, helping their neighbor, taking them out of a bind. I mean. If you were to look at all the good things people do for each other, it will far outnumber the criminal thing people do to each other. You know, I mean, just think about it. Uh, imagine if we had more stories where somebody, you know, was really, really sick and a kidney was donated to that person and somebody really had their house you know, in bad shape and a group of neighbors got together and fixed up that house. Somebody who doesn't have the t- the money or the en- or the, the health to, to do their yard and somebody comes in and do their yards. I mean, one of the reasons I like TikTok and for those of you who, you know, uh, don't TikTok can be a good thing, can be a bad thing because of the things that I follow. TikTok usually turns out to be just a good thing for me. You know, if you go ahead and watch whole lot of naked women on TikTok. That's what they're going to feed, fill your feet up with. But if you I were... Like that. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, but I hear you. I hear you. But if you start watching good deeds and national stuff and, and international stuff, that's what your feed fills up with. And my feed, you know, fill, is filled with a lot of people doing good stuff on the streets, and I'm not talking about the staged ones, because you know on TikTok or Instagram, a lot of people stage things. They stage a good deed. They stage something about giving away this or whatever. But I'm just talking about somebody capturing something good that's happened, etc., etc., etc. And you see, people are good people. I was speaking to a relative yesterday, and they were being fairly hard on on two uh, on the immigrants and fairly hard on. Uh, the uh, people who need health care that don't work, right? And a lot of times it's because they don't have the ability to work. Look, I'm for everybody working. I've never not worked a day in my life. But I, I tried to explain to them, I said, look, think about this. Most people are good. Go ahead and look at all the people in your life. Just, just out of the blue, just go ahead and look at all the people in your life and see if that is true or not. But the media and others, to get a point across, they try to get us hating the other as if, well, you know, they are bad people and they're this. Folks, let me tell you, if we start looking for the good in people, if we start demanding the good out of people, you know, um, you, you talk to some people that you would consider thugs, right? And you... Talk to them out of, I mean, look, look, there's always those who will never listen to you. Hell, there are people who never want to listen to you, even though you're telling them about 
things that would be good for their own lives, right? Because they're just stubborn with their own ideology. Can't help there. But there are people that the mere fact that you say, I expect X out of you, man, you can do better. Sometimes just those words make somebody take a second look at the things that they're doing because they feel in their lives before felt like, ah, who the hell cares? And they sit down and say, wow, well, this person really cares. And there's this, con- this human connection that's always there that you don't want. If you find somebody that has faith in you, you don't want to disappoint them. There's that innate thing in human beings. You don't want to de- deny you. I remember with my, own, my, my old man, when I left corporate America to form my own company and a whole lot of people were, you know, relatives and good friends. How are you going to leave that job to go to something that you don't even know if it's going to succeed? And I remember my old man going out on a limb saying, look, man, you've been doing this for the man for such a long time. Actually, it wasn't a long time. It was only five years. Uh, you can, you can, why not do it on your own? You can do it on your own. He was like my biggest, biggest cheerleader. And when things were rough, you know, and anybody who is in, or the vast majority of people who start business, it's a tough haul when you're getting started. And the truth of the matter is most of the times one fails and they have to do it again. One fails. They have to do it again. One fails. And then comes success, right? But I remember all those times when that little thing in the head, listening to those who were telling you, maybe you should just go ahead and continue to work for corporate America because it's a sure thing or whatever. Really, that's not true, right? But a sure thing. And just that little voice, I don't want to disappoint that person who had faith in me. In this case, my dad. I didn't want to disappoint that person who had such faith in me, the dad. So folks, all of this is off of what Jack, you see, you did it. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. To me again. You got me into this darn monologue with your statement. Yeah. Dude. He's good at hijacking your show. I mean, even if, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting here thinking, if you look back, you were talking about try something, it fails. Try something, it fails. Uh, look at the history of uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Mm-hmm. He tried so many things and it didn't and it fail. Just one thing after another. Harry Truman, same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they they finally found it. And you, you just you've got to you got to be brave. You got to take chances. Mm-hmm. And if you fall on your face, well, you can get back up. Because you know, I've I've never actually not worked for corporate America, <laughs> but I do side stuff and you know invest in equipment and that sort of thing to get a job done. But I could probably do it if I wanted to. But um, 
I have KPFT to look after, and you know that's like an errant child. <laughs> well, I'm always I, look after the radio station. <laughs> I was going to say I don't know if that I don't know if you're necessarily being very accurate. I don't. I I definitely don't consider KPFT a corporate job. And number two, man, you do so much on 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 the outside, man. If you really wanted to do that the whole whole time, you could. <laughs> yeah, I could. You I, know? I took a I took a, a risk and signed up with the deposition company shooting depositions. And I will tell you, that is the most boring <laughs> video you've ever seen yeah, in your life. All I know. the lawyers are friends with each other. It was so amazing to me to see, okay, well, they're going to, all these lawyers are starting to come in, the clients there. And, uh, they all say, Oh, Hey, how did you, how'd you like that golf club that I sent you the other day? Oh, it was great. You know, it was wonderful. How's your daughter doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. They're all friends. It's just a big yeah. racket. Then yes. they sit down and it's like, grr, put your game face on. We will get answers to that question and you can't stop us. And they get up, the, the, the deposition's over with, of course, and just signed off. And they all, hey, you know, tell your daughter I said hi, or your daughter's <laughs> doing pretty good up there in AM. And I mean, they're all friends. Yes. It's all a huge racket. It's a cabal, man. Like it in my life. I'm like, holy cow. So, anyway. But it, that, it, it is went kind of off story there. No, but I tell <laughs> you what, it, that's important. That is important for us to all get there. I, but I, I wanted to just enhance some of what Jack had to say. But, you know, man, Pete, remember all of you listening out here. Uh, don't let the media make you believe that most people aren't good. Don't let the media let you believe that mostly out there what you're seeing is a whole lot of crime. I mean, if you're looking for crime, you can find crime. If you're looking for good deeds, you can find good deeds. Good morning. Eric is in the chat. And good morning. Kofto One is in the chat. By the way, I know Eric is from. Where are you from, Kofto? I like to have a feeling of where our listeners are from. Folks, don't forget, this is a call-in show. Number is 713-526-5738. You can start calling at any time because even our videos are short. 713-5, well, not all of them, very, very short, but 713. Three five two six five seven three eight. Una vez más, siete uno tres cinco dos seis cinco siete tres ocho seven one three five two six five seven three eight. Give me a call if you have anything to add to the program. You know this is your show, and we love you to lead in. If we don't get to all of the context of the program, we always come with a full show ready to go. Simply go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Uh, by the way, uh, over the weekend, I worked on fixing my, what I call my entry page that gives you all, all the places where we post stuff, which is like on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all of that. If you want to see all these things all put together and you can go to politicsandright.com slash info, politicsandright.com slash info to see that. Anyhow, folks, the title of the show today, as I get to it, is Trump Healthcare, Chris, Chris Hayes on Biden's economy and media failure to export the truth, media failure to export the truth. So uh, I'm going to start with the the healthcare portion, right? Because um, that is something that affects us all. And uh, 
the Daily Coast had a, a story written by uh, actually it's, it wasn't a Daily Coast story. It was a, a Kaiser Kaiser News story. So it wasn't uh, a story based on ideology. It just kind of said Trump did this in healthcare when he was in power. He didn't do this when he was in healthcare in 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 power. So we'll discuss that. But what I'll do is I'll take the call from Harry first, and then I'll go into the subject so that we can have it completely. Harry, come on in, my brother. How are you doing this morning, sir? El Professor, economic teacher, Eberto Willis. Hey, um, wow, I just got an upgrade from Brother Harry. But talk to me, my man. <laughs> because you love teaching us and telling us the truth. And that's why I enjoy listening to you. We need, we got to continue to have truth tellers like you, like Steve Hunter, and like Arnie Arson, who I was just listening to, and um, just Tom Hartman, the whole lot. Uh, Somali call Hucker, all those people that like to get the truth out and provide us the truth. And we learn from people like you. It's an edifying experience when we listen to people like you. Well, I was going to let me, let me, thank you for the kudos. I want to interrupt for one reason because, and I wanted to let the audience know this as well. Um, in, 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 uh, in what we do, both in activism, and in science, right, we do this stuff called crowdsourcing, which means we come, we understand that the, our collective minds, the minds of many in almost every instant is better than the mind of one. And I think yeah. if more of us remember that, we can all do that. So I, it's, it, it's a, by, it's a by. Uh, uh, what what do you call it? it's rep, it's a reciprocity kind of a thing. Continue, Harry. Stop. Sorry for cutting. I just wanted to say that. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and I like it when you talk about the science. That's educational. Um, you were talking about science, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I, I can't remember exactly the topics on this show, but um, it'll probably come to me later. Um, but um, that kind of stuff is edifying when you talk about those things. And I read that article because a few weeks ago, uh, or about three weeks ago, I asked you about when you were talking about the Panama uh, uh, space mine. I read Mm -hmm. that article. Uh, It was very educational. And I'm glad that the Panamanians were able to get that stopped, to stop polluting with those minerals that you were talking about and polluting the water in in your country. You know, you got to fight and push back against corporations when all they care about, or as Jack would say, privatize the profits, socialize the cost, and then the people um, end up being screwed, and the people end up having um, situations where their uh, the environment is polluted because people are trying to make that corporations are trying to make that profit. And then Harry, yeah. let me let me break in one more time, Harry, before you make your point right. because I think right. this is important for um, people to hear as well. Yeah, uh, we were successful in Panama to stop the copper mine and in the process stop the pollution. But here in America, yes, sir, Uh, we brought in a a guy running for railroad commission who takes care of mines and oil and so forth in our state of Texas. And uh, he brought to the attention of many, it was in the Chronicle one day, it was in in the Tribune a few days where our comp our right here in texas 
our oil companies are pumping, of course, toxic water from their drilling and fracking in under high pressure throughout the state, in mostly like in West Texas, right. et cetera. Right. And it is, uh, has exploded to come to the, many of them are exploding and coming to the top and, and permanently polluting our groundwater and, and, and cattle land and, and land for grazing. We right. here in Texas uh, need to elect people that will tell us about the problem that's occurring and mitigate what that problem is supposed to be. So it's a problem that's hidden Texas right now that people have to look into. Go ahead and look for Bill uh, 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 Birch. Uh, he's running for railroad right. commission. You got to see what he's discovered. Sorry for that, but you opened the door for me, Harry. Continue, oh. please. Oh, you just read that. Yeah, that's what you guys. Were, that's what you were talking about that day. You were talking about the railroad and the oil companies polluting the environment in Texas. And I remember right. the mayor of politics, right, was talking about. Well, he was one of your callers. He was talking about a piece of land there that right. uh, he was about oil being um, uh, put on that land. So then you couldn't sell that uh, land to p people for real estate. I remember him mentioning that. Right. Augie called that day. He he mentioned some things that was very educational. I was listening. Um, like, but like I said, this is an edifying show because you learn things. What I because what I called about you were talking about briefly. Your relative was hard on the people who don't work, who can't work, um, who right. have disabilities. And I remember listening to. A, I was watching a town hall meeting. This is when Clinton was uh, president uh, in his first term. Ted Koppel was doing a town on me, and they had these two uh, European people, because I don't say white people, and you know why I don't say that, because mm -hmm. I didn't go into detail about that with the Thai regime, and why they don't produce it, uh, the European people don't produce it, and that's why they don't produce melanin, because it's the melanin factor. And as I you said on the show, when I uh, I just referred to them as European melanin deficient people. But anyway... These two people were talking about, um, uh, this guy was, this young guy was talking about, I don't feel that we should have to pay for social security for people who are no longer able to work. And then this guy, this, 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 this European elderly man got up and said, now, wait a minute. I had to work uh, for years and years uh, and pay into the system. So don't tell me what you not going to pay for now that I no longer can work. You're not going to take my Social Security away from me. <laughs> and I, and I, and when you were talking about that relative of yours, that made me think of that night when I was listening to Ted Koppel on Nightline talking about that. Um, we had that town hall meeting. Uh, yeah. Uh, with the, um, uh, yeah, and that's just wrong, you know, uh, because yeah. you know, at one time what they wanted to do, and my mother used to tell me this, my, my mom and my dad, dad told me this. I said, Dad, I said, Mom and Dad, and my brother, my brother was in the room, too. What did they do before Social Security was created uh, under the New Deal with Franklin Delano Roosevelt? And my mom just said this. Well, Harry, they just pushed the old people off the cliff. <laughs> I know what I know what she means that she's speaking virtually, of course. But let me tell you something, Harry. And because it's so important, uh, you remember how uh, we brought up the media before, including when when Jack brought that up. There's an important concept here, right? The only reason a lot of people have the feelings they have up against immigrants or the feelings they have against the people they purport not to work 
is the narrative that the media allows other parties to present, right? Uh, which is generally not yeah. a very uh, accurate narrative. Um, I, you know, I, I sit down and I talk to the folks who make these sort of a comments. You know, look, I'm going to be let myself. Let me use myself first. I have never, ever, ever not worked in my life. In fact. From the time I came to this country, I have been working more than what is the 40 hours a week. And to this day, I still work 16 hours a day. Good morning, Mr. Fleming. I still work 16 hours a day. There's nothing special there. There's nothing special there. Let me also tell you, when I go anywhere in this country, and I mean, with we go on conferences with with these different uh, activist groups that I'm in. Every city that I go to, every city, I'm not talking, no exception. There are people out there busting their butts to work. But I can always find a vagabond on the corner of a street somewhere. But I can find that anywhere. So if I come with a camera and I go ahead and look at the folks that are loitering or the folks that are vagabonds, I could make it seem like, you know, those poor people in this area the reason they're on welfare is they don't work. I asked all of you all to go to YouTube and look up Appalachia and a, a video. I can't, I'm going to get the video and post it sometime because it showed, you know, 50% of this group of people in, in Appalachia are on uh, on federal assistance. And there are two ways to look at that. Are these a whole bunch of lousy people? No. Uh, their industry left coal and all of that. And neither Democrats or Republicans did right. Democrats just showered them with benefits, right? And a lot of these people, what they want, they they don't want just benefits. They want industry or government to come in there and create something for them to make something out of their lives. So the narrative yeah. for all for all these people are that there are people that don't want to work. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know anybody. No, I know no none of the folks I know are people who don't want to work. Everybody I know, if given the opportunity to work with, hey, Harry, I got to start taking calls. So um, if there's something quick, quick that you need to say, say it so I can go to Donald. Well, well, yeah, Uh, two two things I want to say. Thank you, Howard. And good morning to you, Howard and Jack, uh, for playing David Sanborn. I will call Howard later in the week uh, um, about a few more songs. And you're going to you said you're going to talk. Uh, you're going to talk about Donald Trump. You're going to play a Trump video or something like that. Uh, yeah, the video is not for uh, Donald I, Trump, but I, I'm going to talk about the health care. Maybe. But whatever the case is, it's in the newsletter. All of the articles are in the newsletter at politicsandright.com. Yeah, I, I, I just want to remind I wanted to remind you again. Uh, can you do a show playing? And I, I told this to Steve as well. Can you do a show? playing that Mitt Romney tape where he talks about Donald Trump. I have, yes, I have your email tagged, Harry. I promise you I do. I just haven't gotten around to finding and cutting the video, but I will. Uh, Your your email that you sent me is tagged, okay? Oh, yeah. If he becomes the the nominee, people haven't, maybe have forgotten that. Yeah, I'll do it. I promise we you, sir. Harry, let me go. I promise you. I promise you, sir. I promise you. Okay. All right. Let's go to Donald. Come on in, Donald. Good morning, Alberto. How are you today? I am doing very fine, my brother. Talk to me. I listened to the other show on Friday, but I'm going to get back to the railroad commissioner. Yes, Your sir. Your brain may work like some other people. 
Okay. My first thought when you did that story was how I was going to put a leech well for samples, put a monitoring system on it, send signals back to monitor the back pressure in that well to see if it's <laughs> getting active or not, and uh-huh. figure out how to make money out of it. Because that's the way we're programmed. Well, some people are. Right. Some people are not. They want the best for the environment. So anywhere in that, did you think of how to make a solution, but also to make money off of it? Right. You know, let me tell you something, Donald. You you hit an important thing here, right? Because it even affected us with COVID. Uh, Whenever we see, because of how we've been trained to think, Whenever we see a problem, we don't first say, let's solve the problem and and work out everything afterwards. We first, and and when I say we, I'm talking about the people who run things in the country. We first have to see if there's a way we can channel money to some corporation in the private sector to solve the problem. If you remember when we had the COVID, um, when we had the COVID thing, uh, the pandemic, the first thing Trump did is try to see how his people, his businessmen, were going to be able to make a dollar out of it. And and also the first thing he did was to try to hide that happening because he knows once the, the semblance of a, 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 of a spreading disease would occur, that it will affect it would affect business. So in effect, sweep it under the rug and at the same time, get in the, those who can make money on it. In, in line, and I don't know if you remember that time when he lined up behind him in in on on the lawn, a whole bunch of businesses, and what these guys were going to do. This was a healthcare issue that he should have turned over not to the NIH. I don't remember the the, the health department and say run with it. We don't need to be making press conferences about a corporation doing this or a corporation corporation doing that. Obama. Uh, was the last president that gave a good template on how you solve these problems. You ever heard about the, uh, the uh, Ebola pandemic in the United States? Uh-oh, never happened. I wonder why. Because we nipped it in the butt when it was about to happen. And how did we do it? We didn't hide anything. We, we, we went and we searched for it. Anyhow, let's go ahead and continue, Donald, before I go to Johnny. So that's exactly right. People like, I don't want to put me in the boat, but you, I would say you and I, but you're right, I'm left. Anyway, we try to find a solution that helps the public as a whole. We want to help mankind to become better. But we could come up with the ideas on how to cap the well, how to monitor it, everything of that nature, Mm -hmm. and have a dedicated area and be able to sample and make sure it's not becoming active. But until you can make money off of it, it's not any good to them. And exactly. that's the difference in the heart. Exactly. So it, oh, I was going to say, yeah. Hey, you've been playing possum. I'm going to catch you on this one. I know when you sang happy birthday to Howard Reynolds, I listened to your tonal quality and everything else. You didn't tell us you were a singer. But if you decide to sing a song, I want you to do Freddie Fender and The Last Teardrop Fall. Oh, I, I remember The Last Teardrop Fall. Okay, I'm going to do that one. I have to remember the words, though. Get out of the park. Hey, let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you a little secret. Remember this word. It's in my, actually, I I put the picture of me in the band in, uh, back when I was in high school. Uh, It was called Los Dinamitas, the Dynamites back in the days. And we played salsa, (laughs) soul, reggae. Uh, There wasn't hip hop then, but we also played uh, 
um, uh, a little bit of rock. We played everything because we wanted to make money on the United States bases in Panama with the GIs who paid very, very well. So those were the good old days, man. So um, hey, one of when these. You're, when you're a dancing, when you're a dancing chicken, you just on a different hot plate, getting a different amount of feed, but you're still dancing. So there you go, brother. <laughs> hey, Donald, you'll be cool, my man. Thank you for calling in. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go to Brother Johnny. Come on in. The mayor of politics done right. How you doing, Don? And now, ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the mayor of politics done right. And here's Johnny. (laughs) Enough of that build up now. Uh, When everybody's busy dancing and singing, guess what? No one's got time fighting. Yeah. You know, you know something? You must have heard us several weeks ago when we were speaking about that, why we need the activists, why we need those who are willing to just take on the job. Because you're so right, Johnny, people have to work. I am assuming this is what you're saying. People to ha- people have to work so hard to survive that they don't have the time to fight. Is that what you're saying, Johnny? No, no. When the GIs are paying good money to hear you sing and dance, they rather do that than try to kill somebody or be killed. That's oh, I, I misunderstood. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I know. Hey, we had, I mean, we had, we had fun with the GIs, man. With all due respect to Elton John and Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, which is a great song, by the way. And I'm a peace activist and I like that song. But that's not why I called. You mentioned at the top of your program today, the media. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have all kinds of problems with legacy media. Right. Hey, uh, Johnny, uh, today I got two things to steal. Uh, Karmatic behavior from my my brother, uh, Howard. And now you talk about legacy media. I always call it traditional media, but I prefer legacy media. I want to write all this stuff down, man. Go ahead. Continue, please. Right. Limbaugh used to refer to it as drive-by media which I thought was kind of disrespectful because everything they do on the right is meant to be a dig and they're not interested in reaching out and solving. But uh, my problems with media, one of my problems most recently, even with Amy Goodman, I have to say I was disappointed in, and maybe I was wrong because I, I was starting to get COVID a mm-hmm. few days ago when um, she brought up uh, the analysis of the New Hampshire primary. It was, what was the second primary? Was it New Hampshire? Uh, yeah, I, uh, yes, yes, yes. What did you ask? Okay. The prime. And so, and so I wasn't paying full attention, so I have to go back in the archive and listen to that for that day and find out if she mentions Shank Uger and other candidates. No, 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 that, no, no, none of that was mentioned. You don't hear Shank Uger. You don't hear, uh, uh, what's her name that I interviewed? Um, uh, Marianne Williamson. You don't hear um, any of them. No. Right. And the way she, just like all the other people on the legacy media side, you know, they're not going to, they have no right. incentive at all. Right. Full context. So what happens is the vast majority of Americans who are already being dumped down by advertising and underfunded public schools, thanks to Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, the idea of nuanced thinking and asking oneself questions saying to oneself, well, how is it that in a nation of 330 million people that we have only someone like Joe Biden in the Democratic Party? Now, wow. They might have an idea. 
You might have an idea that the Democrats have decided not to engage in democracy this time around. They might have an inkling about that. But that's all. That's as far as it goes. And unless they follow like you and I follow, they have no idea who Cenk Uger is or Marianne Williamson or Nina Tudor. Right. Or back in the day, Ralph Nader. Right. They don't know that uh, we have a, a prohibition against naturalized U.S. citizens running for the highest office in the land. Right. As if it's some kind of a protective device. What are we afraid of? That a naturalized American citizen gets into the White House and that he's going to start squirreling away secrets and selling them to our enemies? Or yeah. that he's going to uh, get away with more than $1.6 billion at the end of four years in graft and corruption using right. the White House? Oh, wait a minute. That's already happened with a natural-born citizen named Donald Trump. Right, right, right. Hey, you, you, nailed, you nailed it, Johnny. You nailed it. Um, but look, I, let me tell you, I want to I want to expand on one thing that you spoke about there as far as, let's say, the Democratic Party is is Biden all we got. Uh, it's Biden is it's interesting that we never went ahead. And, and this I, I, I put on a lot of activists ourselves that are activists. Uh, I over whenever we get somebody, we have to go out there and continue to promote, you know, that we have more. And I don't think we did a good job of that because there was so much happening in the country. And um, but the truth of the matter is, no, Biden is not the best that we could have come up with. It's sort of we're kind of stuck to some extent, but uh, we could have come up with a whole lot better. But I tell you, one of the things that the, 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 uh, the, the people in power like and that is. Biden is a safe bet as far as, let's say, the corporate structure is concerned. Because the things that we need as a society right now require such major changes to the way our economic system works. And we have people who are willing to talk about it that, you know, a, a, a Joe Biden will hold the status quo for eight. They figure a Joe Biden will hold the status quo for eight years. Uh, and believe it or not, they'll accept Donald Trump. If you listen to the people on Wall Street, they wouldn't mind if Donald Trump get elected. It uh, doesn't matter what it means to a whole lot of people. They don't mind. But Johnny, I need to go to another call. Give me a quick closer so I can go to Joe. I want to close with one final thought. I'm glad yes. you said what you just said about Biden. Uh, the idea that Biden is, a, is going to be a safe placeholder, what does that mean if he gets reelected? We're going to put up with four more years of not accomplishing because that's what Democrats do. We right. need more than this. We're hurting. People are hurting. Yes. We need on, on Amy Goodman and other left-wing media to start giving voice to people like Cenk Uger and have actual conversations every day about why the United States does not allow uh, naturalized uh, U.S. citizens and to give uh, air to his lawsuit. He's got lawsuits pending right now, and he, and they, he, he has they have found in his favor at one or two of those so far. So it's looking okay. Right, Johnny? Word out about Cenk Uger's law, lawsuits, guess right. what? Nothing will change. Johnny, thank you very much. We go, We need to take up that subject in better detail uh, on another program. So thank you very much for bringing that up, sir. All right, let's go to uh, Joe. Come on in, Joe. Hey, good morning, everybody. Brother Joe, talk to me. Man, I'll tell you what, um, here comes another week. <laughs> um, but I've just, just, just some observations I'm, you know, throwing out there. Um, 
Um, you know, the, the, there's, there's some misinformation to correct, right, uh, that, that you just gave. You, um, you said that you, you, you said that the last potential pandemic was Ebola and it was prevented by the sage wise policies of, of Obama, right? But, but that nothing could be further from the truth because it's an entirely different pathogen, uh, an entirely different scenario, right? You're not going to have, you know, Ebola virus transmitted through the air. Um, and, um, it's just, it's just, it's just fantasy, right? So don't, 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 don't credit Obama with, um, with saving us from the Ebola. Secondly, right, code that the COVID sequence, I remember it was, it was, it was 2019. I'm a trained molecular biologist, by the way. I've used all the genetic tools you can, that you can imagine, right? And, um, to do cloning and, and create genes and extract genes and move them around. Um, and, and I, I use the public, public databases at NCBI to do what's called blast searching of, um, of the, um, of the sequence of, of, uh, coronavirus. And, and usually in a cold virus, there's this monolithic protein that looks like a barbell, right? It, it, it's got two domains that have two different functions. Somebody spliced in a cut site, and I can't remember if, if it was a hemagglutinin cut site or what kind of cut site it was, but it, it gets cleaved on the cell surface and it, and it increases transmits, it increases the potential for that virus to enter the cell 1,000-fold by having that cleavage site there. And I saw this with my own eyes, and I, and I actually did some research because I was I was looking uh, at this paper by Molecular Cell, a very high impact journal, and um, they, they they claimed that yes, this arose naturally from these two different organisms, and yes, it's a, it's a long shot, but this is what we think happened. But they didn't do they they didn't do the genetic engineering. They didn't look at the codon structure, right of the of the um, of the sequence itself. And it was very clear to me uh, upon examination that this was a man-made cut site, a, a genetically modified organism, COVID-19 was. Um, and I saw it with my own two, not two eyes. Okay, Joe. Uh, Joe, let me two, let me let me do two things first. But I, I gave you that whole time to make sure that I, you didn't think that I interrupted you. As sometimes you accuse me of interrupting you, sir. So I wanted to make sure that you got everything out that you wanted to get out, and I think you did. Correct? Yes, that's good. Thank you very much. Okay, now let's talk about Ebola. I wasn't talking about the the form of transmission of Ebola, which you know is generally by saliva, touch, and other things. While uh, COVID was airborne. All of that is true. Um, so what you said there that the transmission rates, or, the way, or rather the way the transmission occurs is different. You're correct. But, it, transmission, but the thing about it is the behavior of the politician on how to prevent the problem or to, or to, uh, to attenuate the problem is the issue here. And what I explained as far as the behavior of what the Trump administration did is these are not my words. You can actually go look at all the, the, the good thing about what I tell you, Joe, is that you don't have to listen to my words. You just have to go out there and watch Trump do what I said he did, 
with regards to COVID. That's number one. So uh, you are correct that the transmission form is different, but I am absolutely correct as far as the behavior that made solving the COVID problem better. I mean, countries that didn't have vaccines or anything of that nature did much better than we did. We were we did one of the, we were one of the worst countries. We even though we're technologically advanced. We were one of the worst countries who handled COVID, and that's because we fell into a lot of myth. Even though we saw that a city in Kansas City, that the account, two count, we compared two counties in Kansas City that said, wear masks and take these protective actions in this county, this other county didn't. We showed exactly what occurred to people and transmissibility. All of that was made fun of or disregarded, etc. So, Joe, uh, the way we handle COVID was horrendous and we had a leader who was the head uh, cheerleader for that. That's number one. Number two, with regards to the sequencing that you spoke about, that most of what you said was completely over my head. I'll be honest with you, because I understand the basic about gene splicing, etc. But I don't know about when you tell when I have to take at face value that you know that they splice these particular part of the DNA sequence and it, the rest had to be man-made. Even if that's the case, I, I'm going to say I don't know that. And to the audience, I simply that what Joe just said was over my head as far as the way he spoke about the, the, the gene sequencing, etc. But if that is the case, even if it were man-made, even if it were man-made, the way that we handle it, Joe, was horrendous. So I understand that folks want to say, well, China did that or, or Fauci gave them the money to research. I mean, all these things are out there. Hey, a lot of that was over all of our pay grades. Okay. But the thing about it is we could have handled things a whole lot better. Anything else quick you got to say, Joe, before I jump to Patrick? Yeah, I'll just say that, that um, actually uh, uh, the, bio, the big companies such as biotechnology companies and, and big medicine and big pharma, they are, they are one of the companies that actually call the shots here, right? And, and I agree. Hey, you know, Joe, I, I sorry to interrupt you. I want to say this, though, because, you know, there is so much agreement we could have if we left a whole lot of, of ideology behind. Because what you just said, I agree with. The, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of things are done in order for these big corporations to make a lot of money. I agree with you. But you know who all you know who tells these big corporations elect me? I'll make sure you do well, and we have it on video with him doing it, Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump tells these guys, "You guys are going to love me. Your pocketbook's going to look a lot better." And think at whose expense their pocketbooks are going to look better, uh, you and me. Thank you, Joe, for calling. You are a. Like every other politician out there, they all say the same thing. Hey, but but guess what, sir, sir? But guess what, Joe? Joe, don't leave yet. Let me just tell you quickly. The difference here is what he did it. We talk later, brother. We talk later. Thank you for calling in as usual, and you enjoy. Are you on a bus, right? Are you heading to your bus stop, right? Man, I'm driving in this morning. Life is hard, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, get on the bus. Save the environment. I'm kidding you. You have a good one, Joe. We'll talk later. Let's go to Patrick. Come on in, Patrick. Hey, good morning, Alberto. Good morning. How are you doing? Como estas? Hey, doing great. Thank you. Bien, bien. Y tú? Bien, gracias. Háblame. 
Uh, I wanted to uh, circle back to two things, make it real simple this morning. Uh, immigration and uh, uh, crime. Mm-hmm. Starting with crime. Um, if we are really concerned about it, if the media is concerned about it, I think that we would probably be discussing that one of the biggest drivers for crime, violent crime especially, is income disparity. Right. And anybody wanted to do something about it, they would probably be addressing income disparity instead of instead of uh, actually worshiping it almost. We fetishize the rich here. It's ridiculous. Um, moving on to immigration, um, and this kind of crosses with uh, uh, climate change, global warming, or whatever you'd like to call it. Mm-hmm. Over over 20 years ago, I believe it's been at least two decades, the uh, mo- uh, most funded think tank in the world determined that the one of the biggest security uh, threats to the United States was global warming. Yes, and the reason I... why is they they expect it to to uh, change patterns, weather patterns, rainfall. Mm-hmm. So it's going to change where we have water, where mm-hmm. we can grow things. Um, and so other people are going to be forced to flee places that become deserts. And where are they going to come? You know something, Patrick? Uh, uh, I mean, that's what I have like enlightened people because you nailed it, right? Yeah. First of all, talking about immigration and crime, they really don't compute. Immigrants uh, are, commit a lot less crime than uh, the native-born Americans. One, because you know they don't want to, they don't want to have an interface with the the system. But number two, with regards to global warming, you're correct. And here's the funny thing about it. Uh, a lot of folks says, well, it, it's not, uh, you know, so why should we worry about what global warming is doing to other people uh, and when they try to come in here? We have to remember, if we were to take a look at what's causing global warming, uh, which is, again, throwing all that carbon into the sky. And if we look at what countries have thrown all that carbon into the sky, the cumulative amount of carbon in the sky, the cumulative amount. Uh, I had a chart that I printed a few months ago that showed that we by far are the ones that have thrown the most carbon into the air for our in, for the industrial revolution and much more. But Patrick, I'm running out of time and I have some other calls to take. Anything real quick that you need to say? Uh, I wouldn't trust a president that uh, thinks that uh, uh, asbestos is OK. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Let's go to Emmanuel. Emmanuel, come on in. Hey, hey, good morning, mi hermano. ¿Cómo estás? Mi hermano pana, háblame. Listen, there, 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 there's something deep and strong going on in Houston, Texas. Okay. And I don't know if 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 the judge Hidalgo uh-huh. is making the right move. I don't know. She's, she's Colombian. Know, I picked up. Yeah. yeah. And, and I picked up that there's a very strong and deep Republican move in Harris County, Houston. I, I don't know exactly what, what the roots of all of this is about, but something very powerful because I've been listening to, to some talk shows locally here in Houston, and this, they, there's a very powerful move on the Republicans, by the Republicans, to make some kind of change here in Houston, Texas, across the board. 
And the last thing I want to tell you, and I'll get off the line, I went back when you spoke about you being in that particular band because I was a member. Back in those days, I was a percussionist. In los Mozambiques. You tu eras de los Mozambiques. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yes. yes. I have some of your records, man. Yes. I, I was a percussionist in los Mozambiques. Los Mozambiques de Parque Lefebvre. I know, of course I know Los Mozambiquete Pasa, hermano. Claro que se de ellos. That was one of the premier yes, bands brother. back in the day, man. <laughs> That is, yes. I was Los Dinamitas, Dynamites, you were the Mozambiques. That was amazing. I remember, I remember. Now I, I am know touched. who you are. Now I know who you are. Because we <laughs> play with the Silver Stone. Yes. Of course I remember the Silver Stone. Mozambiques, Gran Combo. Oh, yes, wow. Exactly. We play, we open with the Silver Stone when we were getting started. Hey, yeah. hey, Emmanuel, we, you and I go off to talk uh, the next show because I got to go to another call. Thank you, hermano. Tu eres, tu eres el mano del corazón. <laughs> igualmente, papá, igualmente. But let me hear what you think, what you, what you have to say. I'm going to say it real quick. I'm going to say it real quick. Hidalgo is one of the strongest, uh, most progressive, uh, not most, has been the most progressive uh, uh, county judge that we've ever had. And the reason it's she doesn't only have the, uh, Republicans against her, but she have a uh, rank. Uh, she has Democrats against her as well, because she believes in instituting policies that go against the grain. Period. No two ways about it. She's a, she's strong, and that is what we need, and that is why I've always made sure that the truth comes out about her. Young woman, powerful woman, much more powerful than her nice, sweet uh, way of speaking will let you believe. And you're correct about that, but we are going to make sure that the county remains progressive, my dear brother. All right? Gracias, papá. Yo te Gracias, man. Suave. Let's go to Tag. Hey, Tag, I can only stay with you for about a minute because I got to go to Brian for another minute. How are you doing, Tag? Did they take off when you came back or did they just flop their wings? Tag, you're on. Hey, how are you doing, Alberto? Real. You got one minute, sir. Yeah, I just want to say real quickly about what the obscenely rich has done with the tax money that they've uh, saved Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of that money has went directly into playing politics, which is a terrible yes. thing for our country. Yes, sir. So that's what I wanted to say. I think people need to remember that when they talk about the deficit and more tax cuts for the rich. We just we don't need any of that. So thank you, brother. They, whatever they said they were going to do, whatever they said they were going to do with their, they said they were going to support government initiatives or or they just haven't done any of that. It's went right into politics. So thanks, Egberto. You have a great day. Thank you, my brother Tag. You have a great day as well. Anybody hadn't seen 60 Minutes last night, take a look at 60 Minutes and the Yachts, okay? I, I just did something to me when I saw that. Brian, you got one minute. Talk to me, Brian. Yeah, did you get a chance to watch the video about uh, Dwayne Kavanaugh and uh, his piano playing uh, communist partners? or not? You know, I am so sorry, Brian. Brian, I remember you asked me to watch it. I'm so sorry that I didn't. I need to ask you a favor. If you could send me an email to kpft at politicsandright.com because I don't even understand how to spell the name. So please go ahead and just drop me a line at kpft at politicsandright.com. 
and I'll do that. Um, uh, so give me another subject before I let you go, and and I'll I'll, oh. I'll take a look at that. Okay, let's go back to Lena Hidalgo. Yes. Okay. She dropped out of college. Okay. She was. She's never been a lawyer. Okay. Uh, she was set by the Democratic Party. Uh, not really. Oh no, that yeah. that sir, that is not true, sir. I look. I was a part of that the the the, the group that got her in. Okay, in the it, not as a host, but as a part of the progressive movement. So no, that's not how it happened. I was a part of that, so that's not how it happened, sir. Yeah, yeah. She gave an eleven million dollar contract over three of the most well known uh, medical institutions in the country. She gave it to a friend of hers. That had a post office box. Okay, and the problem with that is what, what the problem with that is just what I said. Okay, could they she do the job? Eleven. Million. Let me no, tell you. Okay, not. Brian, let me let me stop you for a second there. No okay, Brian, Brian, hold on, my my brother, do me a favor, hold on a second. I, I got to go, but I want to just get this out there. Uh, a lot of people are going to put uh, on, on messages that she gave a contract to these people who, uh, you know, otherwise would not have gotten the contract. And you're right about that. You see, the thing about it is a good old boy network has always given the same list of people these contracts of our tax dollars that we have a Lena Hidalgo that is willing to give these contracts now to other small entities, etc. I am all for that because we should not have just the good old boys getting it at all. Others should. Brian, we talk about this another day because I got to go to Brother Howard to close the baby up. Howard, close us out. You know, the good old Okay. Well, very interesting show. Uh, there was something I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. Jack, what you got? I have failed at many things. I have done many things. The things I have failed at yesterday, I've mastered today. Yeah. Okay. I love that, Jack. What's I love that. Hey, do you remember what you're going to say, Howard? Uh, no. Oh, I don't okay. remember. Oh, anyway. I, yeah, I, actually, I do. Actually, I do. Uh, my sweetheart loves to spend a lot of time on TikTok, and she showed me this particular video of this guy who went down to the border, and he says, point five miles away, there are open gates with absolutely no, nothing there. So the crossing point could be there instead of, you know, where they're having this big war down there and the state's doing all the razor wire. The gates are open five miles away. Less than five miles. <laughs> At least that, that is, was his take on That was so funny. Anyway, folks, I want to thank Howard and Jack. Uh, as usual, I want to thank all of you guys out there that are listening. I love you all. The callers, thank you for calling in. We have a great time discussing, exchanging ideas. Love you all. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>